telling you, you never know where talent is being like hidden secret because they don't think they can sing or they don't think they can do this or they don't think they can do that. And then it's amazing, it's amazing whenever God like moves on a person and um, next thing you know, like they're singing a special or they're teaching a class or they're, there's a lot of things that we feel like we can't do as people that God will equip us to do if we'll just say yes to him. Just say, God, I'll do whatever you want me to do and then let him do it. And so be praying how God might want to use you. That's going to be kind of where we're at this morning. If you have your Bibles, turn to the book of John chapter 5. Uh, this will be our, this our last, um, last message in this series called Key Words, where we've been looking at some words in a passage. Now, you can do this with a lot of passages. Um, the key would be to not take them out of context. But you can look at a passage in the, in the scriptures and as we read our Bibles, and let me encourage you to be doing that, as we read our Bibles, we can easily gloss over words that as we dig a little bit deeper can have a pretty uh, substantial impact in our lives. And these are words like we've been looking at. And so in, in John chapter five, we have a story of a man, we don't know his name, uh, but he was an invalid, he couldn't walk. And Jesus is, is going in this shepherd's gate, which on the northern side of Jerusalem, he walks in and he sees the guy. And John shares with us the account of this interaction. So John chapter 5, uh, begin reading in verse 2. says, Now there is in Jerusalem by the sheep gate a pool, an Aramaic called Bethesda, which has five roofed colonnades. And in these lay a multitude of invalids, uh, blind, lame, and paralyzed, uh, and, and it says in, in verse four uh, that they're waiting for the moving of the water for an angel of the Lord went down at certain seasons into the pool and stirred the water and whoever stepped in first after the stirring of the water was healed of whatever disease he had. Now let's stop right there for just a minute. This was not a literal angel of the Lord who came down and stirred waters and if you were the first one in, you were healed of whatever. There was a, stupor, a superstition that had developed around this pool that when it stirred, if you got in, you'd be made well. Um, and so there would be these people who, who needed healing that would just flock around this, waiting for these waters to stir. And it may have been an underground spring that swelled up once in a while and caused those waters to stir. But there was a superstition that if you were the first one in, you'd be there. So there's all these people placing their hope in something that was false. And so then, then we see this happen uh, in verse five. It said, one man who was there had been an invalid for 38 years. And when Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he'd already been there a long time, he says to him, do you wanna be made well or do you wanna be healed? And the sick man answered and said, sir, I have no one to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. And while I'm going, when I'm, and while I'm going, another steps down before me. And Jesus said to, said to him, get up, take up your bed and walk. And at once the man was healed and he took up his bed and walked. Would you bow with me in prayer? Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. God, we thank you that it speaks to every circumstance and every situation that we find ourselves in. God, at any time, at any day, we can open it up, Lord, and, and your spirit makes the word come to life to us. Father, we're thankful that this word is, is, is so readily available to us today, Lord. We can have it on our smartphones and our tablets. We can find it on the internet. 
God, we can have as many physical copies as we would like to have in, in, in all sorts of different uh, translations that make it easy for us to understand. God, your word has been made available to us. God, I pray that as your people, Father, that we would have a hunger and a thirst for it. God, your word doesn't do us a whole lot of good if it just sits on a shelf all week. God, we need to eat from it daily just as we give ourselves physical uh, nourishment. God, we need the spiritual nourishment that comes from your word and from prayer. God, as it develops our relationship with you. So Father, we pray today that as we, as we have gathered together, Lord, and as we go up and down the aisles, Father, there are so many things going on in so many different lives. Lord, that all of us are, are in some way afflicted. Maybe we're not an invalid. Maybe we're not blind or lame. Maybe there's not a physical sickness. But God, there are things that are on our hearts. There are things that are on our minds. Lord, there are, uh, there are sicknesses and there are, are, are circumstances in life that, God, we are dealing with this morning. And God, for, for some of us, like they're, they're, they're known and they're out there. God, for others of us, Father, we have not had the, the, the courage maybe to, to say those out loud or let somebody go. But God, we know just like you saw this man and you knew his affliction, you knew how long he had been afflicted. God, you see us, that you are the God who sees and, and you know exactly what we need. And because you are God, you have the power to provide and meet every need that we have. So Father, we pray this morning that we would see that in you. God, that we would know and have faith that you, can, that you can make all things well. And Father, we pray that you would use us, even in the midst of our difficulties, Father, to be light bearers, to be, to be image reflectors of you and what you're doing in our lives. And God, we are so thankful for this church. Lord, for the time of prayers that we've had this morning, for, for just the opportunity to be here together to encourage one another and fellowship with one another. And Father, we ask and pray that you just be with the remainder of our service. We give you the glory for all things, for it's in your name we pray. Amen. Give you a little bit of review of where we've been at for the last few weeks and kind of set us up for today. Uh, some of the key words that we've been looking at in this passage are all words that start with W. Uh, the first one that we find is, is, is whosoever or whoever, and it was talking about that whoever was the first into the water would be healed. And as we looked at that, we kind of, we broke that down into this fact that Jesus can save whosoever, that Jesus can reach whosoever, and that Jesus can use whosoever. And then we moved from whosoever, and the next week we looked at a word uh, called, uh, a word, uh, the word whatever, whatsoever. And that, that, that whosoever was first in the pool would be healed of whatever disease or whatever affliction that they had. And we talked about how, how a lot of people place a false hope in something else. And so we would call it our pool. That we all have a pool that, that, if, that if, if the water would stir in that pool or we could get to that pool, whatever that pool is or whatever it looks like, that we would be made well. But our healing and our needs are not met in a pool, they're met in the person and work of Jesus Christ. That Jesus is the one that removes, uh, uh, removes whatsoever, that Jesus uh, redeems whatsoever, that he repairs whatsoever, that it is Jesus who restores whatsoever. So we talked about whoever and whatsoever. Last week we talked about wherever. This idea that, that Jesus went to this man where he was at. 
And the same is true for us that Jesus meets us where we are. Now we right now are right here in this church, but when we're outside of the walls of this church, Jesus meets us there as well. Jesus meets us wherever we are at. And this, this week I wanna talk about a word, whenever. Whenever. And this is gonna be a little bit different in that I, I wanna unpack it from a couple of different angles this morning. This idea of, of whenever. Now we could break this down and we could say that Jesus saves whoever, whenever, that Jesus forgives or, or repairs or restores whoever, wherever, whenever. We, we could look at it like, you know, Jesus uh, meets us wherever, whenever. And those are all true statements, right? Like he can save us whenever, he meets us whenever, he forgives us whenever. But I want us to look at it from, from a little bit different uh, standpoint. He asked this man this question, do you want to be made well? Now, one of the things we made this point kind of in passing last week, but this guy's sitting there, he's waiting for these waters to be stirred, and Jesus walks by in that moment, and he sees this man, and he saw him, and he knew what was going on with him, and he looks at the guy and he says, do you want to be made well? And the guy says, yes, and then he has some other things that he adds as kind of some, some commentary on why he's not well yet. But let me ask you this question. What if Jesus would have looked at that guy and said, hey, take up your mat and walk. And the guy says, no, nah, I don't think I'll do that today. I think I'll wait till tomorrow. Now think about that for a second. He's waiting for healing to come. The one who heals walks by. And what if he'd have just said, you know what? I'm just not, not today. Like, let me see how, let me see how generous people are with their compassion. And I'm sitting here maybe with a cup next to me. Let me see if maybe today's the day that somebody else will, will pick, someone will pick me up and carry me down. And, and maybe today I'm the first one. And here's the thing that we have to understand. Jesus can do a lot of things whenever. But the thing that we have to understand are there are moments in life that we will not get back. There are times when God's sovereignty and his providence are moving in such a way that the day for that answer is right then and maybe that chance never comes again. Let me give you an example in the scriptures that we find of this. When the Israelites are, are, are when they get set free from Egypt, right? And, and God has promised he's gonna take them into the promised land. We get this, this situation where they, they decide they wanna send 12 spies into uh, the promised land to check it out and see what it's like. And Joshua and Caleb are, are two of those guys, two of those spies. And they send them all over there and they spend some time there and they come back. And 10, 10 of the other 10 guys, not Joshua and Caleb, but the other 10 guys, they're like, man, we can't beat these people. Like they are, they are massive. The grapes are as big as our head. This is a land that like we, there's no way that our people can go in here and defeat this. And Joshua and Caleb are like, guys, God has already promised to, to, that he is gonna give us this land. He's already said it. It's as good as done. We just need to obey. And they're like, man, I don't know. I don't think we should go. And they hem-haw around for a few days. And then finally, they're like, you know what? That's right, let's go. And you know what happens? They go in there and they get their tails whooped and then they got to retreat. 
and, and, it, in a, in a, and, and, and they don't get to enter the promised land. In fact, later on, they wind up worshiping this golden calf and they wander in the desert for 40 years. And it's not a direct result of that rebellion, but you get this idea that we, we miss out on an opportunity. We don't know what kind of unintended, unintended consequences we're gonna have in the remainder of our life. They didn't think to themselves, hey, if we disobey or we rebel now, that's gonna mean 40 years in the desert, but they rebelled and they wound up being in a place that God did not really want them to be. And then they wind up doing things that God did not want them to do because they did not take advantage of the opportunity when God had given it to them to exercise faith and to do what God called them to do, which is to go into a land that he had already promised to give them. And sometimes for us, we, we, have, we have those opportunities in our life where God meets us and he comes to us and he says, do you wanna be made well? Do you, do, you, do you want this need to be met? And we say, yes. And Jesus says, then this is what I want you to do or this is what I need you to do or this is what you should do. This is, this is the command. And we know, we know in our hearts what it is we should be doing. We know it's a clarity and I, it's not an audible voice. It's just, we know what we should do. And we say, but I really don't wanna do that. And it might be something as simple is take up your mat, get up, take up your mat, and go. And we say, nah, I don't, I don't, not today. Not today. And we miss out that God wants to do something in your heart, and he wants to do something in my heart, and he has these moments where God, where he wants to move, and he has lined everything up, I can think of another opportunity, another situation that we find in the scriptures that's much the same and it, and it ends just about as sadly. Jesus is, is teaching and, and uh, he has this, his, this young man come up to him. He says, he says, teacher, rabbi, he says, what do I need to do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus says, well, you, you, he starts listing, listing some of the, the 10 commandments. You, know, you need to honor your mother and father. You need to do this, you need to do that. And he says, all these I've done from my youth. What do I still lack? You see, there was something inside of him that knew there was something more. There was that the Holy Spirit was kind of working in this guy. God was working in this guy. And Jesus looks at him. He says, I want you to go and sell everything that you own. I want you to give it to the poor. I want you to come follow me. And you know what the scriptures tell us? It says the man went away sad because he had, he had a lot of stuff. He was a wealthy man. And he went away, and, and here, here's the thing. We don't know whatever happened to that young man. There's uncertainty that we don't know if he, he wound up later coming to faith, or maybe he missed this opportunity for, you know, that, that all this had happened, and, and his heart was ready, his mind was ready. But when it came to doing the thing that God had called him to do, he just could not give it up. And there's a scripture that, that reminds me of, you know, or a scripture that I'm reminded of when the guy, when she said, you know, he who gains the whole world but forfeits his soul. And that's kind of this guy. That there are moments where God is moving supernaturally in our lives. And we miss it because we're not ready to, we're not ready to act. We're not ready to step. Or maybe we're just scared. 
And, and I'm not going to lie to you. I'd be, I would be a bold-faced liar if I stood up before you today and said, oh, man, I, gain, I get every, every opportunity God gives me. I, boy, I walk through. Fear's, fear's a real part of it. Uncertainty, insecurity. You go on and on. The list is long of reasons why we don't. But, there's only, but we, when we think about it, there's only one reason why we should. Jesus, Right? Like every promise he has is given to us that, that when those opportunities come, he has promised to be with us every step of the way. That he has promised to meet every need that we have. That he has promised that when we are, when we are weary and heavy laden, that if we'll come to him, that he'll give us rest. All those things we know. And then when the rubber meets the road and we look and there's this opportunity, he says, do you want to be made well? We, we mentally say yes. But yet the direction that we take with our lives is basically saying, well, not, not today. Not today. And so that's the aspect of God coming and meeting with us. Of God coming and moving in our lives. And be ready to say yes. But the other side of this coin is this. That as, as Christians, as followers of Christ... As people who have placed our faith and trust in Jesus Christ for the salvation of our souls and, and that we trust him with the way that we live life and the things that we do, here's the other side of this. While we are on this earth, you and I are the hands and feet of Jesus. That his light is, is in us and it is being shown to the whole world. And so there are opportunities that God gives you and I to be his hands and feet. That there are opportunities that he gives us to step into people's lives and do something in a moment when for you it may not mean anything, but for the, for the person you're doing it for may mean everything. And let me give you an example of it. You know, we, this has been, this year has started off difficult for our church. We are in the third Sunday in February and we've had five, five funerals. We've had some pretty difficult diagnoses. We've got a lot of things going on that, that by and large, the church family isn't always, uh, it doesn't always know about, just different things going on in, in lives of other people. And so there's been a lot of stuff going on. And on Thursday, I was getting ready to preach a funeral. And if I'm being completely honest with you, all I wanted to do was crawl in my bed, pull the covers over my sheet, shut off my, uh, over my head, shut off my phone and not answer or talk to anyone till like, I don't know when, a month would have been just fine with me. And so I'm getting ready to preach this funeral that I, that in all honesty, I don't really, I'm like, I'm not feeling, I'm not feeling good about just because of, I, I'm, you know, you, you know, you just get in those middle states where you're just, you're just struggling, right? And my phone rings and I'll be honest with you, by Thursday, every time the phone ring, I got a little anxious, heart start racing. I'm like, what now? And it, was, and it was a guy in the church. And he said, hey man, just want to, he said, I know it's been a tough week, just want to call and check on you. And you know what? To him, it probably didn't mean anything, but to me, it meant everything in that moment. Like literally, after I got off the phone with him, I hadn't felt that good all week long. He didn't know what he was doing. He just kind of like, well, I, just, I think I need to call Andy. And he just calls, picks up the phone and calls. But I needed that. And God gives us those same opportunities to be that for other people, 
to be God moving in somebody's life and it's a simple phone call or it's a simple text message or it's a, a, I mean, it could be anything. It could be a meal. Hey, I don't know why, but I just wanted to bring you a couple pizzas tonight. I don't know what's going on, but I just, here, here they are, right? We don't know. And, and oftentimes we can't explain why these, what we'll call Holy Spirit promptings pop up into our lives. But I'll be honest with you, I'm not sure what I would have done had that guy just said, you know what, I think I'll wait till tomorrow to call Andy. I didn't need that phone call on Friday. I needed it on Thursday at, at noon. That's when I needed that phone call. That's when I needed those prayers. Like that's when I needed to, and, and I needed to know that like someone was, was, was praying and thinking about me. And, and it sounds selfish and it's not, but it sounds that way. And sometimes we're just like, well, I don't wanna be selfish. Listen, you need prayer. You ask someone to pray for you. Just say, hey, would you pray for me? And, and then if they don't do it right then, say, no, I'm talking like right now. Like before we leave here, I just, need some, I just need someone to pray for me. But we miss oftentimes those opportunities to minister to somebody because we think, and it's an, I don't wanna, I don't wanna be a bother. They've got a lot going on. You know what? If they can't answer the phone, you can leave them a message. You can shoot them a text. Hey, didn't want to bother you. Just want to let you know I'm thinking about you. I'm praying about. I'm praying for you today. And it doesn't take much time out of our day. But here's 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 what I would say. If you're taking any notes today, let, let me let me share with you a, a couple of things. Whenever the opportunity comes, seize it. Whenever the opportunity comes, seize it. Now, let me, let me just real quickly on one thing. If you're here today and you don't have that, a relationship with Jesus Christ, I'm talking, you've not, you have not said, Jesus, I'm trusting you to be my Lord and Savior. I, I want you to come and dwell in my heart, live, you know, uh, help me live life, help me to you know, forgive me my sins and, and, and help me to live for you each and every day. And if you have not entered into that relationship, today is your opportunity. Please seize it. There have been weeks that I know that there are people who, who maybe have drifted from the Lord or, or maybe well, that they're just not sure if they're saved that have walked out of here and that was the day. And, I'm th- and I think to myself, that op- they may never be in that, in, that, in, that, in that sensitive moment where they can respond to the Lord. Like that, this, all these things lining up just right in God's providence to make this morning happen, for you to be here on this day in this group of people with the people here. Wednesday night, man, broke out in a prayer service. I mean, it broke out in a legitimate, we didn't even, we, we just prayed like the whole time. We asked if anybody needed prayers and people were raising their hands. And then I would say, hey, who wants to pray for them? And we had a, you know, we had a guy here that night and he prayed two of the best friends and work prevents him from being at church a lot on Wednesday nights. But Wednesday night he was here and he prayed two. I mean, they were, per, nobody, I don't know that anybody else could have prayed the prayers that he prayed for the people he prayed for. And today may be that morning for you that someone is gonna come and meet you at an altar and pray a prayer over you that they, they are here this morning to pray for you and the opportunity is there, so seize it. Seize it. When the offer, number two, when the offer comes, accept it. 
I cannot imagine on any other world Jesus coming to this guy and him saying, do you want to be made well? And the guy looks at Jesus and says, there ain't nothing wrong with me. But you know what? Here's the thing. Anybody could have looked at that dude and could have told him there was something wrong with him. Here's, here, here is the important thing for us. When the offer comes, accept it. Now, some of you are saying, I don't need anything, but everybody else can look at you and know that you do. We do not hide it near as well as we think we do. We just don't. There ain't nothing wrong with me. The only person you're fooling is yourself. And we need to understand that. So in order for us to accept the offer, here's something that critical that we have got to do. We have got to allow ourselves to be vulnerable. We have got to allow ourselves when somebody calls. Now, I'll tell you, Bill called me. Bill Stevens called me on Thursday. Now, Bill could have called me and he could have said, I just want to check on it. I'm, I'm fine, man. I'm good. I'm good. Now, how often do we do that? Someone asks how we're doing. I'm fine. But you know what? Bill caught, caught me in a vulnerable moment. He said, how are you doing? And I said, you know what, man? Right now, I am just straight up struggling. I'm just, and I was, like I was emotionally, I was spiritually, by that point I was physically, like I was just, I was just struggling. And I had made the boneheaded comment on Wednesday morning to Ashley, I'm not sure how this week could get any worse. It did. It did. And so he called and I thought, you know what, man, I'm just struggling. And you know what was amazing? As soon as we got off the phone, I started feeling better. Bill really didn't recite any like scriptures to me. He didn't say, well, I was reading in the book of John and it said in this chapter, in this verse. But that moment, two things happened. Bill was receptive to the Holy Spirit's moving in his life. And I allowed my guard down to just be vulnerable with somebody there was an opportunity presented, there was an offer made, and I accepted that offer. And you know what, if there's a place that you and I can afford to be vulnerable, it's right here. It's in this place. And it was amazing to me, the number of people on Wednesday night who came and just said, you know, I just like someone to pray for me. Poor Colt didn't know what he was getting himself into. If you weren't here, he raised his hands first and I just sat a stool down. I said, all right, let's gather around him and let's pray. We had someone lead the prayer. I think it was Bill, and we laid hands on him. We prayed for him. But we have to allow ourselves to be vulnerable. We can't pretend there's something wrong and then question why God's not working in our lives. Because I promise you this, if you're struggling, God's probably sent someone into your life at some point. You've been given an opportunity. An offer's been made, and you've shut it down because you're, you just won't let... And I'm not talking about airing dirty laundry. I'm not talking about... Just, I'm, that's not what I'm talking about. I am talking about us being vulnerable with the issues that we have, because we all have them, being willing to talk to somebody about them and have that somebody pray over them. When that offer comes, when that opportunity comes, accept it. Allow yourself to be vulnerable in that moment and, 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 and open up your heart and don't keep people at like six arms lengths away and act like everything's okay. You are human, you are a, a, you are, you are a human on this earth, 
and we all have our struggles, we all have seasons, we all have situations that we go through where we are struggling, and it is perfectly all right to admit that things are not okay. There is no shame in that. There's nothing wrong with that. In fact, it opens the door wide open for God to do the very thing that he wants to do and that he desires to do. But Jesus couldn't make this man and wouldn't make this man take up his mat and walk. He wasn't gonna make this guy get up. Jesus looks at him and says, take up your mat, get up, take up your mat and, and walk. And what's the guy do? In faith, he, allow, he, 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 he takes that step. And you know what he does? He doesn't leave his mat. He takes up, he rolls his mat because he knows this, he's never coming back here again. He's never coming back to this place again. When the opportunity comes, seize it. When the offer comes, accept it. And here's the thing, here's the last thing. Whenever the call of God comes, obey it. When the call of God comes on your life, obey it. Don't wait, I'll see him Wednesday. Don't wait. When God calls us to be saved, take that step of faith. Don't, yeah, it can happen whenever, but here's the thing, whenever may never come again. Like we think sometimes like I'm gonna feel this way about getting saved all the time. Like I'm gonna, I'm gonna feel this way about what I need to do all the time. It can wait another day. But listen, sometimes a person can't wait another day. I did not need to wait another day for Bill to call me. I needed Bill to call me in that moment. That's the day that I needed Bill to call. And there are people who don't need you to wait a day to reach out to them. There are, people, there are people that you need to reach out to that don't need you to wait a day to reach out to them. They don't need you to wait a day to, to share the gospel with them. They don't need to wait a day for you to call them. They need it that moment that God lays that on our heart. So when the call of God comes, obey it. And listen, you will be blessed by it. God, I wanna be used by you, but there's gonna come a time and we tell God, I'll wait till tomorrow enough that he's gonna say, you know what, I can't use them. I cannot use them because when I try, they say, I'll wait till tomorrow. And we don't do it out of laziness. We don't really do it out of procrastination. We do it with every bit of good intention, but we do it and then we keep doing it and keep doing it and keep doing it. And listen, God wants to, one, God wants to move in your heart. And if you're not saved today, that is the first step. It is Jesus. It's not simply coming to church. Matter of fact, if you read later on, listen, I, want, I just want to point this out. Uh, chapter five, book of John, verse 39. He says, you search the scriptures because you think in them you have eternal life. Jesus is talking to the Pharisees. You search the scriptures because you think in the scriptures you'll find eternal life. But this is what he says. Uh, and it is they, the scriptures, that bear witness about me, yet you refuse to come to me that you may have life. It's not the church that brings salvation. It, it's, it, it's Jesus that brings salvation. Jesus brings the life change. Jesus does the work in us. Jesus forgives the sins. It's not a list of things. Well, let me look at the Bible and let me figure out what I need to do. The one thing the entire Bible tells us to do is place our faith and trust in Jesus. That's what it tells us to do. So that's the first step. 
The second step is if we have chosen to follow Jesus, it's not just following him to salvation, we follow him in faith, which means the way that we live our life, the way he, he works in us and through us. And so we allow ourselves to be used by God. And Wednesday night, what a beautiful example of people being willing to be used by God and just simply praying a prayer for somebody. And man, it was, it was beautiful. It was beautiful watching all that take place and watching people from their life experience being able to pray a prayer that was specific and fitting to the people that they were praying for because of the hardships and the struggles and the pain that they had endured in the past. They were able to bring comfort just as God had comforted them. And so there there are those opportunities that we have. Take advantage of them. Yeah, Jesus can move whenever, but I'll say this, whenever the the call of God comes on your life, obey it. Don't put it off, don't wait, because in that moment, that person that God is asking you to share the gospel with or share your testimony with or talk about how God is moving you in that moment, that person may be ready to accept Christ as their Lord and Savior, but they've gotta be given the opportunity and you're the one to do it. It may be in that moment that, that that's the time you're gonna invite them to church and in that moment, they're gonna be the ones that, that it's, they're gonna say, you know what? Yeah, I think this week I will come to church. I will come to pickleball. I will come. Whatever it takes to get them in the doors, But take, take advantage of that opportunity. Seize those moments that God gives us to make some lasting impact in a person's life. For God to have a lasting impact in our own life. And man, watch how the floodgates of blessings begin to open up for you. For you, because you're following God in obedience. And you get to pray the prayers And you get to be the one someone talks about how God met their needs through a phone call or through an email or through a text message or through a coffee date. Hey, let's go grab some coffee today. Hey, before we go to work, let's go in a little bit early and let's grab some breakfast. And God be able to use you in some powerful ways because here's the truth. We need Jesus, amen? We need Jesus, but you and I, we also need one another. We need Jesus. Not, it's nice to have one another. We need one another. So take advantage of these opportunities. If you're new here, take advantage of some of these opportunities to come play pickleball or come play volleyball or come eat with us on Wednesday night. Maybe you've been coming here a long time and you're not coming to those things. Start coming to those things just to connect with some people so that we can help meet needs, so that we can be a blessing to you, that we can be a blessing to one another. And don't ever be afraid. Don't ever be afraid to be vulnerable. Would you stand with me? Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning.